Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Special edition of the Night Report Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. And guys, we had teased a bit of an announcement today. Uh, it's something Richie's kind of alluded to for a while. And now based on a preponderance of evidence and some some new intel from multiple sources, Richie, you got, uh, you got an announcement to make. Yeah, so um, I'm doing it. Today's the day. Skang, I know you're going to be pretty hyped on the boards because you uh, you've been... Kind of itching for me to do this for quite some time, but uh, yeah, I'm submitting a future cast for Dylan Harper to Rutgers. This this wow. is it. This is a uh, yeah. This is pretty big news for Scarlet Knights, obviously. But um, yeah, I've talked to a couple people over the past couple days, on everything is pointing towards Rutgers, towards Rutgers, towards Rutgers. I know there's been rumors about Indiana, um, but I was told they're not even a factor by a, by a very close source. It was Rutgers or Duke, Rutgers or Duke, Rutgers or Duke, and it's still Rutgers in the lead. And based on everything we're hearing, that kind of factored into a, a recent decommitment too, because I'm not going to say the word intimidated, but that was the word that was used when, when I was talking to the, to the uh, two different people. So, so Delquan somehow either uh, was under the impression that <laughs> Dylan was coming or something along those lines and realized yeah. his playing time would be not uh, not as much as he would have hoped, hoped possibly. Is that kind of the vibe? Yeah, pretty much. Um, like I said in our last pod, uh, the Delquan Warren pod, ironically, um, Dylan is kind of a point guard. I know he's listed as a shooting guard, but I think that's almost just because of his build at 6'5", like 180, 190 maybe. But uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to take yes. the ball up and – like I mentioned yesterday, if you're a Delquan Warren guy, it's like you're not second fiddle. You're probably third fiddle, maybe fourth if you count the big man. Um, so mostly it's going to be – the ball's going to be mostly in Dylan and Ace's hands uh, when uh, when and slash if Dylan Harper ends up committing. Uh, right now I'm pretty confident in it though, and I'm confident enough to submit a future cast for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's just go through what – has pushed you over the edge what what was it specifically or you don't maybe have to use exact specifics but what was it what were some of the <clears> factors <throat> that made you decide this is the day i'm gonna do it um so basically the delquan warren thing happened i reached out to a couple people like i just mentioned and that played a factor just because everyone's basically like yeah like you decommitted because like it sounds like dylan's coming and i was like oh shit like let me just check on a couple things before we jump the gun here um, because that would be irresponsible journalism not to. Um, <laughs> so, so I had to, I had to reach out to a couple different people first and then confirm that. And I confirmed it with like two others. And I'm like, this guy, one, one of them like has literally nothing to do with like anything in the Northeast. And it was just like, all right, well shit. Like he, he's saying it too. Like this word's starting to trickle yeah. out. If I don't do it now. Like I might be last. Like, <laughs> but, uh, on top of that, um, He's uh, Ace. Ace is so close with Dylan. They talk so much, like a lot. They played together on the AAU circuit with AOT not too long ago. That was what I was told. They obviously played at the USA basketball camp the week before, a week, two weeks before. But the fact that Dylan went down there to play with AOT, 
I was told is strictly because he wanted to make sure their play styles matched on the court. Did wow, you get to do some of that huge. with, yeah. Did you get to do some of that with USA basketball? Yeah, a little bit, but it's a little different too. When you get yeah, to literally, setting. when you're running yeah. like scrimmages and you're running like drills, you can't really mm-hmm. tell. They played, you know, multiple full games together with AOT that weekend. Yeah. And on top of it all, uh, I'm going to say it. Um, I'm not sure how, what the relationship is exactly, but I was told that Dylan has a very close relationship with Omar Cooper and Lifestyle Sports, which is the agency that he runs. Now the agency has Marlon Williamson, who's an assistant coach at Rutgers now. The mm-hmm. agency has Ace Bailey, who's a commit at Rutgers. Jermichael Davis, who's a commit or soon to be signee slash shiny, whatever you want to consider it. And he's and Dylan's been going down to Atlanta, not just this year. He's been going down to Atlanta for a couple years, I was told, yeah. to work to work out with like the AOT and Cooper and all that. Um, so everything is just tying together a little bit perfectly. On top of that, he has a great, great relationship with Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight yep. has been killing it on the recruiting trail. I don't think – I'm going to um, quote Richard Kent here on his Twitter. There is not a more important basketball assistant coach in college basketball right now than Brandon Knight. He is the reason Ace Bailey is coming to Rutgers. He is the reason that Dylan Harper is probably going to end up coming to Rutgers. He is – dominating and earning every single penny of his paycheck. And I think that paycheck's probably going to get a little bit higher soon because I think he's going to get an extension. That's the word on the street, at least. I mean, he deserves it. Uh, he's yeah. definitely elevated our recruiting significantly. Um, we do, probably don't land, like you said, either of our top <clears throat> targets in 24 without him. He's played a role in everybody's recruitment and he just seems like a guy generally everybody likes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just... So you, you mentioned that Dylan's probably going to be a primary ball handler um, mm-hmm. when he gets to college. Uh, talk a little bit about his game, though. It, he's he's very versatile. He's got a, a college-ready body already. At I don't, I don't know how old he is exactly. He's probably 16 or 17. But talk a bit about his game and, and kind of what he brings as a player. I mean, his comparison that everyone uses, I'm, I'm going to use it too, I guess, at this point. But uh, it's, it's James Harden. He could play the two-guard. Yeah. He could play the one guard. No, of course. But uh, he can kind of play just about anything, like uh, either guard role. Um, he could be a facilitator at times and just kick it down to ace or play in fast break. Um, he can take the ball on his own and score at will and kind of create his own space. He's been absolutely stellar this EYBL season. He's been averaging, I think it's like 19 or 18 or something like that. Um, and on top of that, he's averaging like five or six rebounds. I'm looking now. I got to pull it up real quick. Overall, so far right now, he after two EYBL events, he is averaging 19.3 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, 4.9 assists per game. That's those are Harden like numbers. Like, and those are EYBL events, not games. So there's multiple. <laughs> yeah, there's probably three or four or five games played by each team at those events. Mm-hmm. So he's, you're looking at probably about ten games of a sample there. It's absolutely insane. He's like a triple double machine almost. Like, and he, he could just score at will. He could drive and attack the rim, and he's not afraid of the contact. He can shoot the ball. He can create his own shot off the dribble. Um, he's very rarely turning the ball over. So it's just like he, he kind of just fits that mold. Like, he's going to be a competitor for that number one spot. And the crazy thing is, is Ace Bailey is also a competitor for that number yeah. one spot. Like, it's just getting crazier and crazier. And um, I'll be honest, since covering this team and since taking over the website, what, five, six years ago now, I did not see this one coming. I did not see any of this coming. 
No, and I mean, we've heard about Dylan as a, you know, as Ron's brother who also was a basketball player for forever, basically since he signed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, his, actually his little brother's pretty good. And then it like slowly grew. It's like, no, he's really good. He's like, no, he's like a five star. No, he might be <laughs> the best player in his class. Like the elevation Dylan has taken has been kind of a fun ride to watch. And, you know, you're putting a future cast. So you're basically saying it's going to culminate in committing to Rutgers and leading the offense and leading the team. Now, do you <clears> think <throat> that both these guys are more than likely uh, one and done? if you had to guess? Yeah. For the most part, almost every top 10 kid uh, is a one and done. Uh, Derek Lively, who averaged what, like four points a game? Yeah. is a one and done and getting in projected in for multiple first rounds just because of his potential alone. So yeah. even if you knock on wood, even if they stunk on the banks for a year, they're still probably going to the league. Yeah. So. The, the Kyle Filipowski's of the world are the exception, not <laughs> mm-hmm. the rule. Yeah. Um, going back to the rankings um, jump, he went from non-ranked in March. I'm looking at it for us. Non-ranked in, I'm sorry, October, 2021, February hit. He jumps to 46 right away. Then he jumps to 17, which was an insane leap. And then all of a yep. sudden, this past uh, this past March, he jumped to three. So like yeah. these leaps here, it's not like, yeah, I know it's the one leap is bigger than the other. Like the one's technically like what a 30 spot leap, but I'd argue that the 17 to three leap is bigger than that because it's just you have to surpass so many top names. And this is just this is I shouldn't even say probably this will be Rutgers best class ever without a doubt. Yeah, and to make those kind of big jumps, it's not an exposure thing because obviously who his brother is, who his dad is, everybody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Was it that he just like grew a ton over the last two years? Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, he's been growing nonstop. I, like I said before, I think he's 6'5 now. I think when he first got on – well, he's number when he started as a freshman at Don Bosco and was putting up buckets. He was skinny guard, I'd probably say maybe six foot if he's lucky. Um, and, and was scoring like at will at Bosco. Like you don't start at a prep school like Don Bosco prep without as a freshman, unless you have some type of skill. Yeah. Um, that, that goes the same for most, uh, New Jersey prep schools. Uh, but yeah, no, he was dominating. And then all of a sudden he started packing on a little bit of weight. He still didn't lose any type of speed and then he grew a little bit too. So it was just kind of like all of a sudden he just starts getting a better feel for the game. And he's like the perfect blend of like size and skill. And, um, and, and on top of it, he's lefty too. So. That uh, he doesn't have the greatest length in the world, but he can he can score at will. Like it's just he's absolutely dominant. And if you haven't watched his tape, I just highly recommend just putting it on the putting on YouTube for like two minutes just to watch. Just type in any Dylan Harper basketball video, and you'll just see I, the kid like. I mean, dominate. personally, if you're gonna watch anything, either watch the the showcase game he had against Camden, him and Bosco against Camden. Yes. Yeah. If if. If Bosco doesn't have Dylan in that game, they probably lose by forty. Like mm-hmm. he's the only thing that really kept him in the game, other than that that shooter, the white shooter at the beginning. I don't know his name, but he yeah. had like four uh, four threes in the first quarter. But um, luckily we got to watch that one in person at Kane, so that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. But and again, and, that that goes back to the relationships thing. Sorry to cut you off, I me too. Um, but that goes back to the relationship thing. Like you minute this, the Rutgers staff walks in and it's TJ. It's Carl Hobbs, mind you, not at Rutgers anymore, and Steve Peichel and Brandon Knight. And they're all, and it's literally like the four of them just hanging out in the corner. And then all of a sudden, Ron Harper Sr. comes in and sits right. He like literally moved Hobbs and was like, hey, like move over. I'm sitting in between here. Like, <laughs> yep. And it's like, all right, there you go. And then all of a sudden, after the game, obviously Dylan wasn't too happy because of the loss. Uh, he obviously wants his team to win. But 
you see uh, Maria Harper like going up to Brandon Knight and the rest of them and just like giving them a hug and saying, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. They're, the relationship between the family and the staff there is just such a big key. Yeah. And end of the day, it sounds like mom wants him to stay home. And as we know, with most of these recruitments, mom wins out more than more than not. Yeah, especially when mom is your basketball coach. Yeah, that and, helps too. Uh, pro- probably <laughs> the biggest influence on you, both as a person and a player. So yeah, yeah pretty big so. deal there. Um, but the other tape I was going to recommend is uh, there's a, there's some full game highlight tape of uh, AOT uh, playing with Dylan and Ace. That uh, if you want to get an idea <laughs> of how they might be used together, both in in the offensive game, defense, like pick and roll game, there's no better tape mm-hmm. to watch them than actually playing together. So uh, that yeah. thankfully is available. Um, now let's uh, let's put our daydream caps on a bit here. With two guys like Dylan and Ace, with mm-hmm. a guy like Gavin Griffiths, with a guy assuming Mwat Mag comes back, with probably a couple transfers, what is the ceiling for this team in two years? In 2024, I think it's uh, you're gonna make a pretty nice run. Ceiling in the tournament. is the roof. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, now they're not done either, mind you. They're not gonna just stop at three. They have what yes. five ships available or four ships available in 2024 now. So let's yeah, let's actually forget the the. the, the I don't want to put too much pressure on uh, projecting where this team's ceiling could be. <laughs> I mean, that, we're gonna look that, back. Bad segue and... by me, but there is good no, segue good. <laughs> because there's a couple players in the class of 2024 that Dylan might have a little influence over. Yes. So let's talk about them. All right. So let's let's just start with this. Looking at the scholarship chart right now for 2024, 2025, add Dylan, probably minus Cliff, because I don't think there's there's no way Cliff stays for a fifth year. He could come back for that season, but yeah. Yeah. So technically Cliff has two years, which a lot of people don't realize, but that it just ain't happening in my opinion. Um, So mind you, you you add Dylan minus Cliff, you're still at four scholarships remaining. I'm going to say probably three scholarships because I do think they probably get a one or two year guy via the portal this, this upcoming season. So that's just, let's just drop it down to three, maybe even two, which whatever, that's fine. Now you have Tyler Betsy, who's up at St. Thomas Moore, who's uh, very close to these guys, very close to Dylan. Tyler Betsy Ta- plays on the New York Rens AU team. With yeah. Dylan. And he also, um, he's raved about Rutgers in the past. Um, when he talked to Rob Cassidy, our national recruiting analyst arrivals, he, he raved heavily about Rutgers. Now I'm hearing it's going to be tough because there are some significant NIL offers on the table from, uh, schools like UConn's making a heavy push for him to stay home. He is a Connecticut kid at the end of the day, which I, I never really blame a kid, no matter what, uh, no matter what state they're from, if they want to stay home and play for their state school, I totally respect it. That's kind of the same case with Dylan in New Jersey and now maybe Betsy in Connecticut. So that's going to be a tough pull. But with a, with two significant players on the court, or I guess committed, I should say, add in Somerville, who's another pretty good, pretty damn good player in his own right, and people are going to want to play with these kids. Oh yeah. So, so maybe that could sway Betsy a little bit because he already had a good relationship with the staff. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, another one is Nas Cunningham. So Nas, I talked, I checked in with a couple different people. There were some rumors this offseason that he might go back to the high school route to finish up his senior year and then kind of decide what he wants to do after that, whether it be go pro, go G League, any of the other stuff. It does sound like right now he's going to stick with that professional route, whether that be overtime elite, G League, overseas, NBL, whatever. There's there's so many outlets now that you could take. But uh, he's he's a guy to keep an eye on because if he does go to Don Bosco and play with Dylan for a year, 
uh, I could see Rutgers pushing pretty hard because he does have a does have the Scarlet Knights in his top five. He was projected to commit to Memphis a couple months ago, but it didn't happen. So now they're gone. They're out of. I wouldn't say they're out of the top five per se, but it seems like if you were going to commit to Memphis, you probably would have done it already, right? Yeah, so. that seemed weird that he didn't quickly commit afterwards. Either he didn't like what mm-hmm. he heard, or he was just deciding to change his mind and, and and hold off for a bit. Yeah, so he didn't commit to Memphis when he when he went on a visit. Kansas, I don't know if they would take him. Duke, it sounds like he's a backup option. And then it comes down to Rutgers or UCLA. And if you're not going to go the pro route, maybe just you join your teammate and good buddy uh, Dylan Harper over at uh, over at Rutgers, and then you got another. I want to. I know he's a guard technically. He's got guard skills, but he's another one that's grown uh, cr- crazily over the past couple of years. He's like six seven now. I know last time I saw him was uh, where was he at? Not Roseau Catholic. Uh, Gil St. Bernard's. And he was playing with Mackenzie Mbako, and uh, he was like a six-two, lengthy six-two guard, like six-three maybe. But he's had a huge growth spurt now, and now he's like a full-blown forward. But he has guard skills, so um, he's still skinny. He still needs to pack on some pounds. But at this point, I I want to say it's not as uh, necessary for basketball recruits as it is for football recruits when it comes to the, the transition to high school to college. But you see, you see Kevin Durant dominating. He's what rail thin like yeah yep. but yeah so those are the two names i'm keeping a close eye on um i'd also take a quick peek into joel bethia Rutgers has been after him for a while he's an archbishop wood um catholic kid over at uh in pennsylvania he's another one that's had a huge jump Rutgers has been on him for quite some time before he was even ranked in the top 150 now he's ranked 33. He's taken leaps and bounds uh, the past couple off the past off season. Uh, he's really dominated. He's he's looked really good. He's not tall, but he is kind of a a taller guard, and that's kind of what Pykele likes, obviously. Um, but he he's been really great for them. Um, he, and he I think he plays for uh, Boo EYBL team. I forget what it is. Um, one of those elite teams, whatever they are, but. Uh, yeah, I watched. I was watching his tape the other day too, and he's be a nice fit. But again, there's only it goes back to Delcon Warren. There's only one ball on the court, and yep, yep. I don't know how many uh, how many players are going to be able to touch it when you have Dylan and Ace and Lathan and Gavin Griffiths, and you're going to have an all four slash borderline all five star lineup. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it's you kind of got to wake up and pinch yourself to to make sure that it's real because uh, yeah. You know, for years we'd been burned by the 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 high four star, low five star who wanted to come to Rutgers, it just didn't work mm-hmm. out. You know, everybody remembers like the the Lance Thomases of the world, and now we're getting those guys. And yeah. now it's a uh, you, you know we all I think we all collectively pretty much trust in Pike, and now it's just Pike's. It, we're gonna get to see, I feel like Pike's true ceiling as a coach now that he has these elite talents. We know he's a really good coach. He's a good motivator, guys. He's a good game planner. Now, what can he do with top end talent? I think it'll be it'll be very interesting to watch because he's never had that before at any level that he was at, other than as an assistant, I should say, not as a head coach. Yeah, this is uh, I mean, this is your chance, basically. Uh, if you're Pike, this is the one. Um, now, if you succeed, this could be a thing that's just going to continue and. Uh, I don't want to say you're you're one of the new bloods, but it's pretty pretty damn close, especially with uh, with others. Like uh, they're already they're pursuing Darius Adams pretty heavily, and he's 
down the street, Manasquan, New Jersey type kid. And, uh, he's, he just keeps dominating the EYBL circuit too. So it's like, uh, it, it could just be a trend that could keep happening. It could be, uh, we just gotta, I think this class, the 24 class is so important because you saw what happened with Shire and Duke's first class where he got three of the top five kids in the country. It's mm-hmm. not going to affect him. It already hasn't. I, I want to throw that caveat out there. But the class of yeah. 2023 for them, they landed the number one, the number three, and the number five kid. And none mm-hmm. of them are projected to be lottery picks. None of them are even projected to be close to lottery picks between yeah. Greek Whitehead, Kyle Filipowski's coming back, and Dirk Lively, like you previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. So for Pike, he's got to put these guys in a position to thrive and become, mm-hmm. you know, the, the 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 lottery picks that they probably would be if they could enter from high school. Yeah. You just got to keep them on that same trajectory. You, obviously, injuries are one thing, but you just got to showcase them and make sure that their skills and talents are are showcased in the offense and develop them because defensively, they're going to be raw. Like Ace is a really good high school defender, but mm-hmm. college is a different game. There's certain things that I'm sure Pike will be able to teach him and improve him pretty quickly as well. So, Yeah, well, you, you remember... You remember our, our pod with Rob Cassidy. He's, he said he talked to NBA scouts, and they're all saying Ace could be a top five kid, and like top five pick. Like potential is there. It's just uh, doing it on the court at the college level. And uh, it's I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top five pick when it's all said and done. And you'll see his name on the wall with the knighthood, and you'll see uh, the little plaque next to it, next to Quincy Doobie and Hamadi Najai. And uh, that's all I got off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> it's been It's been a while, so. This is a, this could be the change up that they need. Yep. So guys, you've been, uh, we've been teasing it for a while. Richie finally pulled the trigger. Chris yeah. Ball, Hill and Harper to Rutgers. Richie, anything else you wanted to add before we sign off? Yeah. Fuck you, Dan Datrick. Oh man. What a, <laughs> what a total shit show he is like going at, you know, 22, Ron, Jordan guys. Bohannon, like, yeah. and now he's posting like, Oh, come check out my show today on YouTube where I'm going to talk great. about the backstory between us. And it's like, no one gives a shit, dude. Like retweeting your own tweets at like fucking midnight. Like, come on. Like yeah, you got ratio. Take the L. He was, uh, he posted an article, I guess he works for outkick and it was talking about how Rutgers, you know, didn't have, it was trying to, you know, elevate his NIL game and uh, Dan Dakich like quote tweeted it and was saying like, you know, Rutgers players are whining now about this and this is what they asked for or something like that. And then Ron, you know, clapped back at him and Dan Dakich in a very like belligerent way was just like <laughs> shitting on Ron and Ron was like, yeah, don't come at me with the house dad bullshit the next time we see each other. Miss me with that. And Dan Gakich was like, I haven't seen you in five years. And Ron was saying how he saw him last year. So I, I trust Ron's mm-hmm. memory better than fucking worm brain Dan Dakich more. So I yeah. know, it's just, it's embarrassing for Dan. Take oh, a yeah. lap. You're that an was adult. Bad. My, my favorite part is when Ron, Ron's tweet or her response was like, I, I seen, well, it was the, the same one. I seen you last year, clown, and all you talked about how was Bob Knight had you touching lines after my pops torched your sorry ass. <laughs> I found, I found the box score. Dan Tatchik went 0 of 3. They scored zero points. Yeah. Ron Harper Sr. Like, had 26. Uh, Mike, like 13 Ohio rebounds, beat. too. Yeah. Was, was Indiana number one at that time? Um, I don't know because it's the box score is so it's so goddamn old. So I don't even know. Like the box score was still on paper. Um, I guess it's still on paper technically now. There's a book. 
so to speak. But um, yeah, no, it was just funny. And if you read all the responses, like every single fan base is just not a fan of him. Like it's just like yeah. even Indiana fans are ripping into Dachik. Iowa fans are ripping into Dachik. Like the guy's just a fucking loser. Like I don't know what that was all about, but like man, you get. I don't know what the hell you drank on a fucking Tuesday night, but damn, dude, put it down like that, or just put the phone down if you're gonna do that. Don't even take pick it up. Like now he's gonna go on outkick and be like, you know, run to this like like maybe he was right. Maybe I did see him last year, but you know, I still bitched him out. And it's like, no, dude, you just you lost the Twitter battle. You're not gonna see him in person because you're not gonna talk to him in person going forward, and that's it. Like just. God, sorry, but I gotta get a couple yeah. curses out here real quick. He's just a pussy. Yeah, he's, like he's just a big he's pussy. Awful. Like <laughs> this is a good vibes podcast today, though. Good vibes. So Fuck gonna, Dan Dachik. Give him any more oxygen. Um, <laughs> yeah, Richie, I'm sure we'll have more on this in his article about the future cast and on the boards. Harper, so not Dachik. <laughs> yeah, not on Dachik. The the Harper future cast. Dachik. I keep saying. Uh, that yeah, I don't. I'm not even going to worry care. about saying that guy's name yeah. wrong. All right. Who cares? That guy sucks. Um, but anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. This has been another edition of the Next World Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.